Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Con Man's Answer Show, episode number 92. Today we got Logan Lyle on the show. Logan Lyle is the host of the show Doc Talk, where he performs a majority of his dad jokes. His main job currently is being a traveling wedding videographer based out of San Diego, California. You can find most of his content at Logan Lyle on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah, um, Logan Lyle. I, I am the host of a show called Doc Talk. Um, where I basically tell a lot of dad jokes, uh, mainly. Um, I live out here in San Diego, but I do a lot of my dog talks in Lake Tahoe, California, um, a little bit up north. Um, been doing it for about three years now. Um, yeah, we do da- dad jokes, shower thoughts, fun facts, whatever, but 90% of the time it's just dad jokes where the people love that kind of humor. So <laughs> that's kind of where, where my life has... Uh, navigated to so yeah um i live out here in san diego for the last year i graduated from uh bethel university it's out in minnesota um small little division three school um i played football there studied filmmaking played some baseball and um moved back uh to california which is where i'm originally from um and yeah i my main job is uh I'm a wedding videographer, so um, Doc Talk's kind of on the side for me, but I have a lot of a lot of fun doing both. Um, so I'm just trying to transition um, from doing wedding videos to full time social media, but it just takes a little bit of time. It's not going to happen overnight, so it's kind of where I'm at in my journey. Yeah. yeah, definitely, man. That's cool that you say you went to a small division school division three school to play football because I actually go to a small division three school in Portland, Oregon, or right outside of Portland called Pacific okay. University. And I play football up here or I'm about to nice. graduate. I'm about to graduate this, this spring. So I'm, I'm done playing football, but yeah, that's cool that I haven't actually met anyone doing this who I've brought on to talk about other things who actually yeah. also played division three football. And yeah. you know, one thing about that, I just to, you know, digress a little bit from dog talks. We'll get into that. But, um, a lot of people don't realize that division three schools are, are filled with a lot of guys who have talent. You know, there's a lot of guys there who actually can like play. They're just a lot right. of undersized or maybe they're injury prone, or maybe they just didn't get enough. They went to a smaller school for high school. So they didn't, they didn't get uh, the looks as, um, as like the bigger guys, but like a lot of people like to just like, I feel like when you're in high school and when, or even some people who like are out of high school, like they like to like shit on D3 or like when you say right. that they like kind of look down on you, but it's like, dude, you don't realize like these, a lot of these, this is real college football. It really is. It's yeah. tough. These guys can play. And so like, I feel like for a lot of high schoolers, especially like if you're getting looked at, you're not really getting looked at big, but you're getting looked at by some smaller division two, II, division three NAI, I would say take visits. And you if you like, where like those cities are like i would i would strongly strongly say you should you should think about playing because i think it was one of the best experiences i've had oh 100 yeah people will come out of high school and they're like man i'm not going d1 i'm gonna give this up so i i thought of it as an opportunity to play anywhere so i had a blast doing it i made great friendships through the way so i mean i wouldn't trade it for the world um the whole process of getting recruited by a smaller school and going out of state, I thought it was a blast. So like you said, like there's a lot of talent there. I even see some D3 guys go, you know, whether it's a practice squad for the NFL or even there's some stories of, you know, division three players making it to the NFL. Um, 
there's the Saints um, uh, punt returner. I think he's like a receiver now. I don't know if he's still in the Saints, but he played at Appalachian um, at, or some school in Boston or something. But I mean, there's there's still opportunity for D three players mm-hmm. to to make it because, like you said, there's still talent there. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, I think one of the Denver Broncos starting guards is from Whitewater, uh, UW Whitewater. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a fucking stud. And then also. Yeah. A buddy of mine plays at uh, Dubuque. I don't know if you know that school. Yep. Um, yep. And he's the kicker. But a guy from there, a corner, a couple of years ago got drafted. I don't know if he's still on a team or if he's on the practice squad, but he uh, he definitely got drafted. It's crazy, though, because, like, people – like, yeah, there's less people who are from Division threes who make it, but it's, like, also – like, there's kids who play overseas. Like, people reali- don't realize that football – is not just the NFL. Like, obviously, everyone knows about the CFL in Canada, but there's also, like, yeah. German leagues, Czechoslovakian leagues. Like, if you yeah. want to keep playing football, you can. I, I'm done because – so, I'm a, I'm a specialist. I'm a punter. But yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I tore both my labrums and my hips. Oh, wow. And so, I just played through that through my ears. But I was like, dude, I can't do it anymore. And, and yeah. like, it's too much, like, strain. But, like, you know, there's a lot of guys. Like, one of my, one of my close buds – He's uh he's actually our quarterback, but he's graduating too. But he, him and one of the receivers who are graduating this year, they they're not kind of done, but they're not they don't know what they're gonna do. But like arena or something, they they deserve to keep playing because they're dogs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. I agree. Yeah, man. So let's talk about your show for a little bit. I think it's yep. awesome how you guys do those dad jokes too, because. Yeah. Like it is such a, it's a, such a niche thing and it's like people can connect to it easy. And I was talking about this with a, uh, a movie critic yesterday. We're, we're seeing this transformation from long form content to almost like really small snippets. Yep. And, and then people, if they want to watch the long form content, they can take the, the, yep. the links you have in the small form content to the long form. And I think for you guys doing that, having a show and then you posting these little dad jokes on TikTok. I don't know if you do on YouTube shorts or anything like that. But yeah. it's uh, it's definitely an avenue that it, people want it. Like, people really, really want it. And I'm sure you've seen that. Yeah, yeah. No. So uh, what the the funny thing about social media platforms is like you have Facebook, and the the demographic there is kind of, in my opinion, it's older people looking for longer videos. Whether it's a tour around Disneyland, it's same with YouTube. I mean, if you're on YouTube, you're looking for longer videos. If you're looking for a travel tour of thailand or whatever you're there for 10 minutes 15 minutes watching this whole video if you're on tiktok you're short your attention span's short you're looking for the viral videos jokes whatever your dogs whatever you want to look for um and those social media platforms are good at you know figuring out the algorithm as far as what you like so if you're spending a lot of time on these dogs you know these viral videos of cats and dogs they're gonna keep showing you those videos so tiktok you're swiping up and you know, keep going through. Um, same with Instagram. Their Instagram is trying to compete with TikTok as far as the reels and TikTok, uh, the TikTok videos. Um, Instagram is moving away from pictures um, because now people want to watch these little videos, right? So they're they're coming out with these bonus reels, incentives for people to post on reels. Um, so it's a little competition in itself with Instagram and and TikTok. But people just want to watch you know short little videos on instagram and tiktok so if you can find a niche and and you know keep your your videos short they don't always have to be short um as long as they're providing value in some kind of way whether it's fitness or 
you know, learning how to do a podcast or if you, something that will, you know, teach somebody or provide, you know, something that they're looking for, then your content will always, you know, be valuable in that way. But for me, um, you know, keeping the video short and kind of funny and, you know, just dad jokes, people know that they're in it for dad jokes. If you're all over the place with doing a dad joke and, you know, posting something fitness, people will be like, I don't know what I'm following. So when you stick to one thing on, you know, a certain platform and stick with that, you'll have uh, much more um, of a chance to be successful in that, you know, field, um, I guess. So, you know, just utilizing each platform um, to, you know, what it's designed for um, is kind of the key. So, um, yeah, I mean, YouTube's coming out with shorts. So, you know, I can post those on the YouTube shorts, but if I want to do um, a tour of my van and what I do traveling, you know, I'll post a long video. So it's kind of just figuring out, um, you know, your audience for one um, and sticking with that uh, same algorithm. Um, and, you know, it's kind of the key. So. No, yeah, definitely. And the cool, so like, for me, like I was posting long form, just like my whole podcast. And I would do like, you know, I would, I would do like the, like the clips of us, like for like 10 minutes or five to 10 minutes of like a cool conversation that I had during the podcast. Yeah. And I felt like a lot of the conversations, cause I've talked to like a bunch of people, like just all different types of people. And I got to talk to like scientists and virologists, people who like during the COVID vac- like vaccine um, time, like me and this virologist who I know um, now I know through the podcast, we were like, I was kind of like, like really like having an interview with him, like kind of grilling him, asking him like about questions, like, is it safe? Things like that. And so I was feeling like, that stuff wasn't getting enough traction because it's actually important, like content. Like I feel like people deserve yeah. the conversations that I get to have. And I started yeah. posting YouTube shorts and the algorithm, dude, it, those YouTube shorts, they get thousands of views every time. And so yeah. what you do what I started doing is I started posting little snippets of my conversations. And then if they want to watch the full clip or the full episode, I tag say subscribe, right. you know, and then the people, people who want to watch that long form yep. content that will grow. And so 100%, if you're a creator, anybody, if anyone's a creator, you got to find your niche and then, but you got to like tease. If you want to make long form content, you got to make short form teases in order for you to find those people who will be your fans. Exactly. I, I like the analogy of uh, like emails. So if you get an email and it's all one long paragraph, you, the, the chances of you reading that all right there is just, for, for me at least, it's tough. But if you, break it out into sentences and space it out. For some reason, I like reading it that way and I'll finish it. Um, I could easily, you know, post one long reel of 20 different dad jokes. The chances of someone watching through it all is very low. They want to read the joke and move on. They'll, they'll read them or they'll watch them some other time eventually. You know what I mean? So posting, you know, one or two jokes at a time, for their attention span is you're more likely to get views and traction and shares and stuff like that. Um, as opposed to, you know, putting the whole thing at once. So for you, like putting, you know, something valuable with, with a scientist or something about COVID 20 seconds of great advice is like, Oh wow. Like that's good to know. Um, I don't need to watch the whole thing right now, but I like to know what, what he has to say right there. Mm-hmm. The crazy thing though, that I've found about, YouTube with talking about COVID, like regardless of if you're like for vaccines, against vaccines, 
Yeah. I think there's a block. There's a yeah. block because every single time I'll post a, I'll post a short, it will, it will get thousands, you know, I'll get a, yeah. a thousand plus views. I post a vaccine one. It gets like seven in like a day and a half. Yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't see, that doesn't make right. sense. Yeah. Cause I don't have, yeah. I have more than seven people who subscribe to me. And so I'm, yeah. I, it, like I, I had know. one TikTok, except I had one TikTok where he was talking about the vaccines when they first came out. And so this was when the first came out and that kind of got, it had more comments than likes, which was crazy because people were just going at it, you know, in the comments. Yeah, yeah. Talking shit. But I think yeah. YouTube, because we're living at such a weird time that I think YouTube, and I don't know about it, the other social media because I haven't really tried to post like COVID content on there, but I think the algorithm specifically, maybe not the actual people who work there, but the algorithm is coded in such a way that they want to censor out disinformation and COVID's just so broad that if you bring up the word vaccine, they're just like, nope, I'm not even going to deal with it. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. No, that's what sucks about, you know, because I used to, I mean, just three months ago, I had 15,000 followers. It wasn't much relatively now, but you know, I'd post something political and my, my views would just stay down. So I got to a point where I'm like, you know, you're obviously not going to please everyone with your views. You're just going to, you know, create controversy every time. So I'm like, I'm just good. Avenue my way, just humor, you know, whether if someone likes it or not, they're, it's not, it's, it's just, create such a division because you're not going to convince someone you know left to right or right to left so it's now it's just like straight one thing you stick with it and just try to stay away from that kind of stuff because now social media it's like you post anything vaccine or left right it's just like they shut you down <laughs> yeah and also like i was talking to the filmmaker or yeah um movie critic yesterday or I posted it yesterday, but I talked to him a couple of days ago and we were mm -hmm. talking about, he's like, I could never do the show you do because my show is like kind of organized around bringing people on and just having like conversation, you know, just about yeah. what people believe, what people don't believe, things like that. Like just talking. He's like, I could never do what you do. And I was like, the only thing I, I love having these conversations because it makes me think and it makes me like reevaluate a lot of positions I have. However, if I read some of these shorts or, or reels I post, if I read the comment sections, I can get a little disavowed you know sometimes yeah. these like the people who comment a lot of the times are the negative people just people who want to just talk shit and so yeah i found like i just it's just so hard to not read some of them you know because they just pop yeah. up and you're just like fuck i want to read them and then you read you like, yep. shouldn't have done that should not have done that yeah yeah you then you get down this rabbit hole and then it's just uh like i used to post a lot of you know political views on facebook and it was just that because once you start going people will, you know, comment back and then you're like fueled to prove their point, like your point on the next article or, you know, you just mm -hmm. keep going. So, yep. Been trying to veer away from that because then it's just, you know, bad news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how did you get into, or how did you find that dad joke niche? Did it come over time or, or did you just try it and it worked? How did you find that niche specifically? Well, it's kind of the views, likes, and comments kind of tell you where to go with it, you know? So I would post um, videos on sh like shower thoughts and like it would get 100,000 views, which is like still pretty good. But then I post a dad joke and it's got almost 11 million views. So I'm like, all right, so people like those, um, keep posting those. And then, you know, every time I post now it's like, okay, what's today's dad joke, you know? So um, I try to mix it up, but then people are just, they'll swipe and keep looking for the dad jokes. You know, like they don't care about shower thoughts. They don't care about a fun factor. 
because I used to do all kinds of things. Um, but now it's just um, dad jokes because, you know, what, when I post something, I try to make it shareable, right? So if, if it's something relatable and funny and something that could be going on in their life, um, then I'll post it. It's because the more shares you get, you know, the more engagement's going to happen. So if I post something that's only going to hit a couple of people, it's not going to do well. What I think is funny might not be funny to everybody else. So if you, if you stick to something that's kind of universal and that everyone will kind of laugh at or, or could use a joke at the, the dinner table, then that's something that I'll try to post. Yeah. I always wonder for like comedians respectively, like how do they figure out what's, what bits to post, you know? Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like there's some, there's a comedian today. I forgot his name, but you know, he has no filter. Like there's no, nothing's off the table with him. And I think, you know, that's why he might do so well is because people like how unfiltered he is. He's not, you know, um, one-sided on something or like clean. He just lets it go and people have to accept that they are going to be in it for that or they just, you know, say next. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of people, like a lot of people start podcasts just to talk with their friends and, or they do a lot of people do sports shows specifically. And and that's, I mean, everyone has, every, People always want to digest sports content and controversial takes about sports, LeBron, things yeah. like that. Um, but I think a lot of people wanted to start shows like where they – or listen to shows where people like disagree and things like that or talk between people because of the whole like Joe Rogan effect kind of like where – you don't filter what you say in a conversation as much as you do with content you post, right? Like, like even yeah. comedians to some extent only post the bits that do well in person, right? Like you wouldn't post a bit that flopped unless you're posting a video about flopping or something like that. Right. Yeah. So I think a lot of people post long form content because if you want to digest a conversation, a difficult concept conversation, like a conversation with a virologist or someone with a PhD cancer biologist, you can digest that long form content. But if you don't, you can just watch the little short bits about a cool take or why marijuana doesn't affect cancer or does, you know, yeah. so I think it's, we're at a time where, for young people, respectively, the attention span is so small, yet for a lot of people, they still want that ability to have the long-form content. And so to have both, I think that's the avenue you need to be if you're a content creator. Yep. Yeah, no, uh, that's definitely true. And, I'm, you know, I'm, YouTube is something I haven't got into and I'm trying to. But I like how YouTube is creating the shorts because they're figuring out, you know, people do love the short attention span. And then if you want the option to, you know, keep reading on um, scientists or whatever, and you can click that link and, and watch the full video. So I think it's, it's changing. I mean, there's so many, there's so many social media platforms. I'm only using like, you know, three and there's a WhatsApp or what, I mean, there's so many different things, you know, there's, I, there's this uh, TikToker I've, I've met in person. He's from Wisconsin. I don't know if you've ever heard of Jeremy from TikTok or L- Jeremy Little. He does jokes with this little kid. Oh, I think I've seen him a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. He always does jokes. He got like 11 million followers on TikTok, 200,000 on Instagram, 300,000 on Facebook, but he's using all kinds of apps. There's like Clapper. There's, I don't know. I don't even know what other ones, but he's getting paid from all these different avenues because people like, you know, are just on different apps. So, um, I'm trying to expand to different, different, uh, 
just like YouTube, you know, if you see my doc talks on Instagram, it's very vertical, right? The videos, mm -hmm. they're, they're reels. Um, but if I post on YouTube, you know, I can go wide and show like the whole lake in the background and put a whole, you know, episode together. That's like a minute long. Um, so that's what I'm going to try to, you know, resort to here pretty soon. I just need to find the time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And so you said you're a, like your, your main job that you're trying to get away from is a wedding videographer. Yep. How did you get into that? Did that come right after, uh, right after school? Yeah. So I, I actually studied independent filmmaking in college and I didn't learn Jack diddly. Um, I learned more on YouTube. I mean, I, I'm like $50,000 in debt with college. I mean, I wouldn't go back and say, no, I'll do it all over again. Honestly, I don't care about the debt. I had college experience, played football and baseball. I had a great time, but when I got back into California, you know, I started uh, working at a um, restaurant and then my dad hired me for this vacation rental company in Tahoe. So I, I moved to Tahoe and started working there. Um, and then I'm like, man, I still want to do something with, you know, videography. Um, so someone suggested that I do weddings. There's a lot of money there, blah, blah, blah. I shot my sister's wedding for free. Um, and then someone saw that video and I did their video for like nothing, like maybe 200. Then the next one was like 500. It was like another friend and another friend. And then it just slowly built up. What I did was I got a business um, LLC and then I went to the Chase Bank, got a business uh, credit card. It was like $9,000 limit. So I just bought all the equipment. I started doing weddings slowly um, for like a thousand bucks, 1500. Um, and then I just paid off. And then just snowball effects finally started. Um, I was still working for this vacation rental company. I was doing the weddings on the side. And I got to a point where I was like, man, I should put full time into this and focus on my website, uh, marketing, all that stuff. So once I, once I actually quit, um, it was, it was actually right during COVID, which is crazy. I mean, everything shut down. Um, I got laid off for a bit. Um, and I was like, you know, I'm done. I'm going to focus on weddings, which because weddings weren't happening. But what people were doing was that they were eloping. So I got like 10 elopements in Yosemite, um, you know, Tahoe, wherever. And then my, my website started taking off and I started getting more inquiries. And then for 2021, I had shot 52 weddings. And this year I'm, I'm going to shoot like right now around 30 um i'll probably max out around 40 but it's so hard to say no um the money's there but uh we'll so we'll see how many i do but yeah i mean that kind of industry is just it's just a slow start i mean you can just if you're if you if you're new to it you can just be like you know i'm quitting my job and gonna go shoot weddings you know it takes time so a lot of these photographers and videographers they're always doing it on the side at first until they get enough work where they're like, you know, maybe I can make this full time. So it's definitely a process, but it's been worth it, man. I, I have my own schedule. I can pick when I work, when I edit and it's, it's a blast. Um, and now I'm starting to work with this travel company. So this could be something that could be full time. Um, this travel company um, is paying for my trip to go to, Patagonia, Alaska, wherever they have itineraries for these different countries. Um, they, they partnered with a bunch of different companies in different countries. Um, and I make commission off who 
um, sells or who buys a trip to go with me. Um, so it's usually like eight to 20 people that will come with me to, so we're planning one in Thailand in January. Um, so if I can start doing these trips, I think I'm going to kind of veer away from weddings. Weddings are great, but it's very, it's, you know, it's minimalized my time to create as a content creator. Um, I used to love videoing, just going on a road trip, but after doing so many weddings, I'm like, I just want to put the camera down and just enjoy my time. So if I can veer off from, you know, maybe 10 weddings a year, make some money from that and do other things, um, just different sources of income, um, is going to help me a lot. I own an e-bike shop with my dad in Tahoe. That's a source of income. Um, so it's just, it's just kind of the journey, you know, it's just doing different things and seeing what you're, you know, every year is different for me. I'm either doing a bunch of weddings or, you know, making money off TikTok videos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No, finish what yeah. you're going to say. No, no, that's it. That's it. Yeah. I was just going to ask you about that travel company. So what respectively, like you said, you make commission off of the people you get to bring with you. Are you almost yep. like, do you dictate what you guys do there? Can everyone like separate and do their own things? How does that kind of work? What is your like job respectively? Yeah. So, um, basically I, 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 I push this survey for people to fill out. Um, once I get a hundred surveys filled out, um, then I qualify for a trip to be planned. So if only like five people sign this survey, it's going to say, it's going to tell the travel company, like, uh, looks like your audience isn't interested. We're not going to plan a trip. I luckily got about 200 surveys filled out. So, um, based on the surveys, they take that data. Um, there's a bunch of questions, you know, like, where would you want to go? What would you want to do? So we take that data and then, Based on that, they plan an itinerary. So day one, you're going to get there, you're going to get your hotel, we have a uh, group dinner. Then day two, we're in Alaska, we're going to go dog sledding. Uh, we're going to hit the hot springs. We're going to see the northern lights, all kinds of like, – so basically everything's planned out, which is awesome because a lot of times I don't travel because I don't know how to plan it. I don't know mm -hmm. where I'm staying. I don't know what to do. Um, this, this just makes it easy to book it and then just follow the itinerary. This is what you're going to do. Um, as far as free time, it's all, it's all like new to me. So, uh, one of my questions is going to find out, you know, are you going to be able to venture off and do your own thing? I'm sure there's going to be time for that. Um, just to lay by the beach, do your own thing. Cause if you're going with a group of strangers, I mean, it's kind of intimidating. Um, cause you have to, you have to spend time with these people. Um, you know, whether you hop on a boat or go snorkeling, like you're, this is your group for a week. Um, so, um, it's going to be interesting for the first trip. I'm excited to, uh, video as far as, uh, money wise, um, I can pick my price on how much the, the, the trip will cost and how much I want to make from it. Um, if it's sold out, for example, like if I get 20 people to come with me, I can make anywhere from 14 to $16,000 on that. Um, but if I make it where my margins are, where I only make like, you know, eight grand, um, it would be a relatively cheaper, um, trip for them to, to pay. Um, so we'll see on the first trip. I don't know if I want to make a bunch of money. I just want to see how it goes. You know, I, I want to genuinely have a good time, uh, video it, document it, kind of advertise for the next trip, you know, let people know how fun of a trip it was. Um, and for me, 
I can offer a workshop, which means, you know, if people want to learn how to video, they have the option to do that. I mean, it might cost a little more because we might spend the full day, you know, you know, I can teach them how to do a doc doc, what, what equipment I use, how I set it up. Um, so they can get the basis for how I set it up and then they can go do what they want with it. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a mixture of being with a group and stick to the itinerary and hopefully, you know, a mix of doing your own thing. If you don't even want to go snorkeling, you can just chill at the hotel, you know, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, but super excited to, to video. I want to get footage of, you know, the people coming with um, stuff that they can't get because they don't you know, know how to video or have a drone or stuff like that. So I think that'd be part of the experience is, you know, going with me to be able to get that kind of stuff. So um, that's what I'm mostly excited for um, getting, to, getting to know these people in such a short time span because you kind of have to, you know, mm. so. Yeah, I'm definitely. Pumped. As far as content, like you said a couple of things you want to do, but would you be doing more like vlog long form content a mixture between short film, TikTok, showing some places you're going? What kind of content are you thinking about making with these tours? Or, I mean, with these trips? I don't know. Like I've always wanted to do like these travel videos. And um, I don't know if you follow like Sam Colder or Matt Como or, you know, any of those guys. Yeah, I've seen some of their videos. Yeah. I mean, those are way out of my league. Like the graphic design and, the, and editing that they do is, like unbelievable something i couldn't do but what i could do is still make a sweet video um as far as like um you know um where we are um different shots underwater just stuff that's good quality um cool music um transitions and stuff like that pretty minimalist but i think the videos i would post would be more like uh it'd be more um short i don't know maybe i'll do like a long vlog kind of thing of like our whole trip in thailand put it on youtube but as far as like instagram i would probably post like a one minute video of the whole trip um the highlights um and just kind of keep it brief and short saying you know how this is how much fun we've had uh this is what we did um the next trip is going to be in bali in july if you, you have the chance to sign up you know fill out the survey whatever um but um, for my audience, it's like, do they want to watch a bunch of travel stuff, you know? So um, it's, it's going to be testing the waters a little bit um, as far as posting that kind of stuff. Um, you can, I can see my view counts go down or my followers um, slow down a little bit. People might unfollow. Um, they're, they could, you know, I'm just here for the dad jokes. I don't, I don't care about, you know, Bali or thailand so um for the first trip it's definitely gonna be testing the waters and seeing Mm. what i what i can post and what what i what people care about so yeah so you know a good question that i i have for you i'm sure some content creators do too when they're building when you were building your 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 brand almost like your name for things how did you engage specific analytics because there are the apps do have specific analytic analytical places where you can go especially youtube i know has an entire app dedicated to analytics but how did you respectively engage with your analytics did you see whether because i know youtube has a dislike button and i know they took off other people can't see it but you can still see what how many dislikes you get and so 
that's yeah. a good way to to view what people like and what people don't like. But so when you were building on TikTok, how did you engage those analytics and how did you figure out what people really liked and what people didn't like? Yeah, I'm pretty minimalist with the analytics. Um, I know people will use a lot of different things. I work with an agency that kind of tells me um, more detailed analytics. For me, I look at um, views, likes, and shares. Um, if I I just posted something on TikTok about the travel thing, like you know, go to my Instagram, fill out the survey, and to travel with me, literally got a hundred likes and two shares, um, nine thousand views. Um, so that tells me right there that people like could care less about the travel thing. Um, so I, I looked at, you know, my most viewed video, which is two dad jokes. Um, that's got almost 11 million views. So when I see that, I'm just like, all right, stick with dad jokes. Um, as far as comments, um, a lot of people will, uh, kind of give me feedback on that. Uh, you know, people will say, I love the letter Kenny vibes. I don't know if you've ever seen that show. But yeah. I, I have. Yeah. So I try to stick with that vibe. Um, and then, yeah, just like straight face, not really laughing, but some people do love the laughing. They can, they feel like they're laughing with me. So I try to make it loose and, you know, some of them will be of us dying laughing or just like raw material of bloopers or something. People like relate to that stuff. So I'll post that once in a while. Um, I think they're kind of, um, oh yeah, they'll comment something like, you know, I love the the double standard or the double meaning of the text at the bottom, you know, like cause some of my dad jokes, you have to read it to understand it, you know? So like uh, saying diarrhea is hereditary, it runs in your genes. It's not actually like your genes. You, I have to type out genes. And then people are like, oh, like I get it. And it's surprising how some people won't get some of the jokes without that, you know? So just figuring out comments and views and that's kind of like my analytic, uh, how I, how I, you know, look at it, I guess. Yeah. I definitely worry, you know, about the new age kind of social media area because like when we were, when we were younger or like, I'm still pretty young, but when, when I was like in high school and stuff, there was social media was for normal people. You know, I mean, Facebook's still kind of the same, like, but Instagram was, you posted pictures of you at prom and normal people. And it's kind of turning away from that. And it's really only being used for content creation now. And how, and so I feel like the, the positive of that is that people who are kind of would shy away from creativity, but like are still like interested in doing something of content creation. They, um, they're going to get pushed into being feeling like they need to create something, but also on yeah. the back end of that, it's going to create us like, it's going to make everyone feel like they need to be a content creator when really like there's so much out there. If you don't, some people need to be part of the audience. You know, some people need to be yeah. a viewer rather than someone making the content. And so I, yeah. I feel like when you, when you remove a social, when you remove the, the normalcy from social media, it creates this dangerous, outlook where everyone feels like they need to be a celebrity right now you know yeah 100 percent. and that's like some people i'm sure you have friends that have wanted to post something they're like man this looks so cringy but they're really just pressurized to post something like that because they think maybe it'll get a bunch of views you see a girl dancing and you know somehow some videos get a bunch of views and shares and likes or whatever just from a girl dancing for like five seconds but if a like one of your friends do it. They're like, ah, like, I feel like I could do that, but it's just so cringy. And then they post it and they get like two likes and then 
it's kind of emotionally damaging to be honest because mm-hmm. they're thinking about you know what people think and these people are doing it so I, I can do it I should do it like so it's just social media is a dangerous thing dude <laughs> it's you know it's especially a place like TikTok, it's pretty unhinged. You know, people will post anything and everything. It's it's weird how some social media is. Instagram, it's more like conservative, right? So you just post pictures with you and your friends or, you know, like your best content. TikTok, it's like you post the craziest things because it's like whatever. It's TikTok. Everyone's posting a bunch of videos, you know. So I think it's interesting, um, you know, yeah, like you said, like in high school, you just posted a picture here and everyone's like, yeah cool you posted a picture now it's like everyone's always thinking like oh dude i can make that into a tiktok like you're 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 subconsciously always thinking of how you can make that into a video and that's even for me like i'll go view the sunset and my first instinct is pull my phone show everybody but it's like you know this is a little off topic but i mean what no one can just enjoy something um instead of trying to share it you know everyone's living through social media now um and there's this meme that I saw of like everyone had their phone out because I think like a celebrity was walking by or something. It was like an old lady. She's just on the rails, just looking at him and just enjoying the moment. And it, I thought it was like perfect. I'm like, no one does that anymore, you know? So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There was a, there's a meme that was going around of this girl who drove into a frozen lake. And as her car is sinking, she's standing on top of her car and someone Someone took a picture of her taking a selfie on top of her. Car. Oh my gosh! And uh, yeah. and it's and it was me. I was like, "This is if you needed to show aliens, twenty twenty two, like what United yeah. States society looked like in twenty twenty two. This is what you would show them." <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I I think about that a lot, and I think about how, for one, I think especially like as soon as you get a lot of views, or or it, as soon as you start making content that people watch, I think that's when you start to realize that the importance of not being viewed all the time, you know, if you don't, if you never like, cause it's such a drug, like clout, I guess it's such a drug that if you never yeah. feel, if you never get the surge of likes, um, normal people in general, like, you know, even yeah. in high school, if you posted a picture and you averaged 300 likes and you got 150, you felt like an ass, you feel like, a, like you're nothing. But like, yeah. if you never feel like a lot of likes or ne- video never goes viral, or let me flip that. When that does happen, I feel like you're like, all right, you take a step back and you're like, do I really want this? Do I really want a lot of people watching my content? And I think if yeah. you're creating content, the answer is always yes. But it's like, it does, yeah. like, I want to go to the lake without my phone. You know, I want to yeah. I want to do things by myself with my girlfriend. And And I tell my girlfriend all the time that I wouldn't have social media unless, except for the fact that I have to, cause I, that's how I communicate with people to get on the podcast and that's how I create my content. But I would, yeah. like, I would stay off of it because it's just by talking to a lot of people about like what the future of like the metaverse looks like, it, it's not a route that I really want to get like super attached to because it's so yeah. like, it's almost like it, it's a beast of its own. Like an example, like I thought about when you were talking was like girls, I feel like a lot of the times they feel the need, like, if, if girls are getting a lot of likes and then they start getting less likes, I feel like they, a lot of times like, all right, I'm just going to post a video of my, that has my ass in it or post a picture yeah. of my ass in it so I can get a lot of likes again. And yeah. I think that's so dangerous because it's like, you know, guys will do it in the sense too. They'll, 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 they'll do some the exact same thing, but it's like almost like, yeah. 
you need that clout you need to feel like a dress and you need the world to see you and i think it's really fucking dangerous yeah no 100 percent. it's and for me i think it's a lot of it is just mindset you know if it's for clout like it's very dangerous for me i've kind of transitioned my mindset to like man like people will message me saying hey like i've had a terrible day a week or whatever um feeling depressed and this video right here is like giving me a laugh for the first time in the last month or whatever it is so my mindset has literally been you know the views and all that is awesome but you get to a point where you know you're kind of just like used to it and you, you don't care about that stuff anymore if you can bring value to, to people just getting a laugh and changing their day it like it makes social media that much better uh for me at least um you know i always tell my roommates like wow this video got a hundred thousand views you know in 10 minutes but really i mean at the end of the day, it's like, cool, I changed someone's life today. And like, mm -hmm. so, you know, the mindset of, you know, getting a hundred likes and then having to do something crazy. It's like you said, that is very dangerous and social media will never go away. Um, in my opinion, I don't think it will. Um, so I don't know if they need to start teaching things like that and, and education systems or what, but, uh, I see like three-year-olds with an iPad at a dinner table and it's like, man, I would never get that when I was a kid. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. And we live in like, how old are you? I'm 28. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in your 20s. So I'm obviously, I'm turning 22. So I'm pretty young. But okay. like, yeah. I'm like the cusp of like, I grew up and I was outside. I didn't have a phone. Yeah. I didn't have an iPhone. Yeah. You know, I, Same. like, I mean, I did play like when I was in Fortnite was like super big when I was a senior in high school. Um, yeah. So like, I still played like 2K and Call of Duty and things with my friends, but yeah, it was mostly like, oh, I'll beat your ass in 2K, like pull up to my house. You know, we still yeah. would like go shoot hoops. We would still play football at the park. And I, I spent yeah. most of my childhood outside and that is gone, dude. That is yeah. gone completely. 100%. My nephew, he was showing me, I was watching TV or something. He's on the iPad and he's showing me TikTok videos and like TikTok videos that are like inappropriate for my age. And I'm just like, man, like, how are you on TikTok right now? <laughs> man, no, for real, dude. Yeah. And you know, I was talking about Twitter, dude. Like Twitter has apt actual porn on it, like actual porn. Yeah. And, it's, yeah. and it also has like super, super like raunchy political like conversations. And like, I don't think anybody under the age of like 18 should be on t Twitter because it's like, dude, just like, it's so like anything goes. And then, but then you start talking about TikTok and I forget who I was talking to, but they were like, TikTok, it doesn't have a way, like if you like, there's like every other day there's, there's booty or there's other things, you know, like just on your TikTok and like, like as men, you like, you gravitate towards that. And so it's, I feel like when like you're, when you, like, cause 12 year olds have it and 12 year old boys, like, you know, that's when you start getting that urge to want to like fuck chicks, you know, it's like when yeah. you I want to do that. Oh, yeah. And so what's going to happen is it, it's going to keep, like they're going to see all these hot chicks and they're going to feel all excited. And then they're going to look up more and more crazy stuff. And it's going to keep that whole, you know, you know, pornography epidemic, like spiraling out of control because, and it's bad and it's dangerous. And I think, because it's like, dude, like young boys, like if you give them an out for that energy, instead of just like playing yeah. sports or just like, you know, like getting rejected from chicks, I feel like it's going to create this world where like women need the validation and men have to give it out you know it's it's a yeah. weird dynamic yep yeah no it's it's 
dangerous and I wish, you know, it comes from the parents too, you know, just hoping things change on their end. But it's as a parent, I'm sure giving an iPad to a kid, you know, calms them down. They're not running around. So I get that part, but they're, they got to do a little bit more to kind of get the kids back outside and veering away from that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, and to talk about being outside for a while, I know on your Instagram page, you have, you have a whole section, like a story section about um, that, that van it was almost like a DIY van. You, you yeah. talk about that for a little bit. Do you take road trips in that? Did you create that yourself? What, what was going on with that van? Yeah. My, uh, my brother, he sent me a link to a van that was all converted out. And I'm like, man, that's so sick. The next week I went to go buy a van that was gutted. <laughs> I, uh, it was like $30,000. I put 10,000 down, um, still paying it off, but I got this van gutted out and, uh, I really didn't know what to do with it. Uh, my dad was able to put a uh, hardwood floor on it and the, then something very, you know, minimal. And then I actually bought a solar panel system I put on top. My dad was able to put together, but after that, I'm like, man, I don't know who else is going to do my van, like build it out inside. My, uh, friends, um, dad is a professional woodworker he's like i'd love to start working on vans so i gave it to him kind of gave him my ideas of what i wanted to do and he started working on it and um he basically got it all converted out um it's, it's like 90 percent done but i tried i tried paying him you know 10 grand which is kind of nothing to have someone build it out like it's not even that'll get like half the van done maybe um but he's like no i don't want any money it's my first van i just want to I just want to do it for fun. I'm like, all right. Um, so he converted it out. My plans for the van were kind of up in the air as far as like, did I want to live out of it? Um, just travel, use it for work. Um, once it got built out, I kind of just stuck with staying in an apartment in San Diego and using it to travel. Um, I shoot a lot of weddings in Tahoe. So it's like an eight hour drive. I'll just take the van, go up halfway through i'll um if i'm tired i'll i'll sleep at um you know hot springs on the way or you know um take trips with it on you know with friends um it's pretty convenient because you can kind of park anywhere um when, once it's done maybe i'll live out of it for a couple months save money but um it's just nice to go anywhere and i mean you could park literally in front of a walmart and sleep there you know i want to I, w I would love to take it to Hawaii. I think it's like a $2,000 transfer, but if you can sleep out of that for, you know, two, three months, live there, shoot some weddings, it'd be equivalent to, you know, paying for a hotel. Um, so kind of got that idea from my brother, converted it out. Um, I gave it back to him so he could finish it. So I just have my Subaru, but um, yeah, man, that's, I think once it's all done and I have the time, I'd love to show people where I travel with it, what I can do with it, kind of inspire people to do the same. I think a lot of the times when people create content like that, um, it's for people who can't do it um, because, you know, maybe they don't have the time or they have kids, but you post that kind of stuff on YouTube. They love watching it because, you know, they can't do it. So they, they kind of live vicariously through you, you know? Um, so having someone to come with me to make sure that they can drive the van while I fly the drone, stuff like that. It's a huge process. So um, I'm, I'm hoping I can find the time to, to do it and 
um, you know, have another source of um, income from that if it took off, you know, who knows, even if it doesn't, you know, the journey of documenting all that stuff and traveling is a blast. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's 100% a, there's a call for that kind of content right now. Yeah. A buddy of mine who I'm actually having on the podcast in a couple of weeks, he is, he's just like an outdoorsman. He does like extreme yeah. kayaking and, and they, and they work for a bungee jumping company. Um, but he was talking about, cause next year he's taken. So during COVID they gave us all a free semester like for classes and stuff. I'm not taking it because I want to graduate, but he's like, I'm going to take it. And he's like, yeah, next year, I think I'm just going to take the money. I would pay for rent and just like buy a van and live out of that van and travel. And then, and then I'll just like pay you guys utilities to come shower up at his house, like down the street. And I was, yeah. it's crazy because like, that's not the, you two are the, not the only people who have like talked to me about doing something like that. And I think, you know, 100%, I don't know if it's like, consciously or subconsciously i think a part of that is like what we're talking about social media it's that escape it's an escape you know you could if you can pack up your stuff drive anywhere and sleep for a night and just experience nature the way our ancestors did and how every other animal gets to i think it's so freeing you know the only the only time we ever get to do that is when we're camping and we have no cell service and even then people check their phone to see something or oh i need a work call i need i need to find some wi-fi yeah and so i think there's definitely a need for that like wanting to get out into nature and just experience life without our phones yeah no it's it's such an escape dude i'll i'll even be here in san diego two bucks on the beach and i'm like i'm taking my van somewhere just the the feeling of traveling on your own listening to music or podcasts whatever just being your own being able to go kind of anywhere it's amazing i mean without it you have to if you're gonna travel somewhere you gotta think of paying for a hotel or where you're gonna go i mean the van you can literally just drive two hours up north by the water and kind of just bring some food and chill out, you know? So it's, it's definitely a different life that I'm sure a lot of people would love to experience. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a bunch of my buddies. So Pacific is like kind of like half, like a lot, half of our student population is Hawaiians. So a lot of them do that like transfer car thing. And I do think it is somewhere just like right around 2000. And for you, respectively i think that'd be dope because imagine the content you can make like in hawaii and you yeah. can travel i don't know it's probably cheaper to travel to take your van through the islands because it's so much closer uh yeah. when, if you're gonna do something like that would you eventually do it in other countries too yeah i mean it's it, it all depends on if it kind of gets funded you know what i mean it's, mm-hmm. it's tough if you if you don't get money for that kind of thing because it's like you know it, you make content and post it and hope you get some kind of revenue from it. Cause then you're going to say, okay, cool. I'm going to go to Patagonia with it and document what you can do in Patagonia with it. Um, as long as you're bringing some kind of value to people that, you know, maybe want to do it uh, and uh, people will help you uh, um, fund it. Um, I think that's kind of like, you know, what these platforms will do i think that's why they're doing some incentives and why they're paying some content creators so that they keep doing it keep keep people on that platform to watch and figure out you know what they can do because you're the one that's creating the content um so we'll see i mean um it's definitely something i want to try out and see if you know i can um uh, make money to help people in that in that category so it's kind of on the back burner right now i got so many things to weed out right now i gotta you know edit weddings there's so many things i have to do i'm building my brand for doc talk someone's designing 
merchandise. And so there's like a lot of things like that I have to get done, but I'm hoping to create time to, you know, do that kind of stuff and we'll see, we'll see what I can do with it. Yeah. And like about your time too, how long does it take to edit something like a wedding? Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny. Uh, if I put my phone away and stick to it, it could take me three hours to edit a three to five minute video. Um, a lot of, a lot of videographers will say I'm crazy. They'll spend like a few days up to a week, maybe on a video, but I'll knock it out within a couple hours, depending on if it's an elopement or a wedding or a 10 hour day or what they bought. Like if it's a ceremony video, all these different kinds of, they'll, they'll pay for a one minute reel or whatever it is. Um, so it'll, it kind of depends, but usually if I'm sticking to it within the day, um, right now it's taking me a long time. I, I'm still editing. I'm finishing a video right now from December 4th and then I'm going to finish one hopefully today by, uh, uh, from a wedding in on New Year's Eve. Um, so I've knocked out a couple of videos in a day. I've knocked out a, a wedding video or an elopement the same day. Um, it finished like at 7 PM. I got to them by 11 PM, the whole video. Um, sometimes that's risky because you know, they'll think like, Hey, did, like, did you work hard on this or did you just knock it out? You know? So it's kind of like a mind thing too, a uh, mind game. Um, but you know, whether I give it to them that same day or three weeks later, it's, it's usually the same amount of time I work on every video. Um, but the turnaround time used to be within two weeks, but after shooting 52 weddings, you kind of get towards the end of the season where your creative box kind of closes on you, you run out of music or ideas. So, it becomes kind of a grind, but obviously they paid a bunch of money. So I'm trying to get, trying to get those through. So yeah, turnaround time is, is different. Like for this year, only doing 30 weddings. If I were to just stick with 30 weddings, I'm going to try my best to stick around a two week turnaround. Um, Cause the more they get stacked up, it's, it's, it gets harder and harder because you're like, Oh man, I got this wedding from January. Like I, it's July. <laughs> Do people ask you respectively for the type of video they want or the type of song they want, like their song? Do people ask you for specific things? I'd say it's one out of every like 20 weddings. They'll have a song in mind. Um, they'll ask if I can work with that. Um, if it's like a popular song, like Justin Bieber or something, I'll, I'll say, listen, like I can make this video for you. But like you, you can't really post it anywhere because one, if you post it on Instagram, I've even done this with the popular song. It will get taken down. They'll say copyright issue or whatever. But I'm like, if you just have it in like, you know, uh, your room or on a drive or something like, sure. But this is, um, this is, if this is what you want, this is what you have to do. Like you can't just be posting it everywhere. Cause that could get me in trouble. Uh, music. I, I usually go through a library that I'm licensed through. And as far as the type of video, it's, it's usually a three to five minute video, um, is kind of the, um, hot, um, um, pick, um, I offer three to five or six to seven, one out of a hundred people will ask for the longer version. I've had an instance where, um, every one of my couples will come back, say, Hey, great video. Loved it. Uh, can't wait to share it. I, this one couple, uh, bought a seven minute video and I was like halfway through I'm like oh shoot they asked for because I was so used to making a shorter video they made they asked for a seven minute video and I asked them if this song was okay and it ended like at six minutes I'm like yeah it's fine 
because I said, you know, the song's great. I love it. It's good for the vibes of your video or your wedding. I sent it to him and no response till this day. It's been like five months. Um, I haven't heard from her once. I reached out to her a couple of times, nothing. So I don't know what the deal with that was, but um, yeah, it's usually, I just make the three to five minute video without question. Uh, on the package, it will say three to five minute or six to seven minute video and they just book it. And then I usually just make the three to five minute video because in my opinion, all the best highlights are crammed into that time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, if it gets to like six or seven minutes, six to seven minute video, it's like you're dragging it out, you know, making clips slow motion to make it longer. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of not the most ideal video, in my opinion, um, more work for me, but you know, I, I'm not complaining. It's just, it's just more work to make the video longer and not necessarily better. Is seven minutes the longest video you've ever shot? Yeah. Uh, Anything like someone's asked me for like a 20 minute video or something like that. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing that unless you want to pay me like double, which would be like 10 grand. Um, Then it's just uh, look elsewhere because I just make shorter ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. And definitely. And I feel like, like, would you even really want a 20 minute video of your wedding? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, like I'll make the three to five minute video. And I also send them a copy of everything that I've recorded. Mm -hmm. So uh, they, they have the option to get into the drive and see all the clips. So if you want to like grab those clips and put it together, like you have every right to, but I'm not going to just put all those clips into one video and try to make a video out of it with 20 different songs, you know? So I just don't have the time for that. Um, Also, yeah, who wants a 20-minute video? Who's going to watch it besides you? You know, even three to five minutes, I mean, I don't know. Even as a wedding videographer, I don't even really watch three to five-minute videos from other weddings. You know, I'm just not that interested. Unless I'm in the wedding, um, it's usually the people that were at the wedding will watch the video, and then obviously the couple. But anything over five minutes, it's like, um, I'm over it already. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, are these people buying these these wedding videos from you for themselves most of the time or for other people to watch? Like, are they buying it to post on social media for other people? Yeah, no, they buy it for mostly themselves. And some people care less about social media. They're like, I don't have Instagram. I don't know. I don't want, I don't want a one-minute reel. Um, but a lot, of the, a lot of times they love posting on their social media, Facebook, and sharing it with their friends. Um, it's just, a, you know, a preference for different people. Um, but – a lot of the times they, they want the video for social media. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 I was, it's just like, I feel like for wedding, like, like for a wedding video, I feel like a lot of people like, I, I don't know. I just feel like, like if you're going to post something like, like just experience your wedding and like, maybe, yeah, I guess you could have a videographer to record it like for social media, but it's like, if you're like getting a wedding video for like, get it for yourself before you get it for social media, you know, like, cause like really, like you said, who's really going to watch a five minute video of your wedding if they weren't there, like maybe yeah. your friends who couldn't make it or like family yeah. members and stuff like that. But I doubt like if you see someone's wedding video, unless you know them like pretty close, like you're not just going to sit there and watch this five minute video of someone's wedding. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. hundred percent. And that's why I offer these 30 second teasers because those people will watch those videos or if it's something funny from the vows or speeches or something you know i'll try to post those as much as i can um but three to five minute videos it's mainly geared toward the couple and like 
family and friends will watch it, but not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So how long do you spend creating content for Doc Doc? Um, yeah. Um, it's basically every morning. So I'll wake up. Um, I, so the, the funny thing about Doc Doc, it's like, I got to sit on a dock, record it and then I'm done. I think a lot of people kind of have the, the mindset that I like go out there every morning and do it, you know? Um, but there's a lot more production into it. It's getting a host, um, usually my brothers to come out to the dock with me, knock out jokes. And then I come back to the studio and put them together, but it's usually every morning. Um, I'll wake up at seven, um, around eight o'clock I'll put together within 10 minutes. Um, I'll find the clips of, uh, the jokes, um, slice it and then bring it to my phone. And then, you know, I could edit all of it right there on the computer, but an interesting thing with, uh, these different platforms is they want you to use your, their, um, tools. So if you don't use their tools, it, they have that algorithm that tells them, you know, you didn't use any of our tools. We are not going to push this video as hard. So if you use a text or music or graphics that they have on these reels or TikTok videos, then they're going to say, wow, it, this is what we want. So this is what we're going to push. So I'll hop, I'll get the video sliced together and I'll bring it to Instagram. Then I'll manually do it myself uh, with text. It's a little bit time consuming, but um, that's kind of part of the grind of making sure it reaches as many people as you can. Um, so it ends up being, you know, honestly, like an hour and a half, um, of your day. Um, because once I post it, I'm trying to engage with, you know, people commenting on it because you have about an hour to, uh, tell Instagram that your video is, um, one of the more popular videos on someone's feed. So if, if you post it and, only get two comments and you're not engaging then it'll just get pushed down to the bottom and no one will see it but if instagram sees that you're using their tools you're engaging with people you're commenting back you're liking you're sharing um within that hour um is kind of the most critical so um from editing to posting and commenting and engaging it's it's about an hour and a half each day so um it's kind of kind of time consuming on top of trying to edit these wedding videos um and then obviously just living your life <laughs> no definitely and like i i i don't have a really structure to the content i create but like last night i laid in bed i couldn't sleep so i did like four youtube shorts just to like yeah. do some content because i was like you know what i'll do it and i try to engage the comments as much as i can because like the, yeah comments not to like the dickhead comments like you're a piece of yeah, shit yeah. guy but like uh yeah. try to engage because that is 100 percent the way you get people to like follow you subscribe to you is if you engage back with them and then that's how you yeah. get the algorithm going up the crazy thing about youtube shorts is it doesn't really i mean it, it, it probably does have something to do with their tools on youtube shorts um yeah. uh that will like push your views but as long as you're posting engaging content on the shorts yeah and if you're posting long form content, it will push your stuff. Yeah, um, no, hundred percent. Yeah, so YouTube. That's why I like YouTube Shorts, and I think you should get on it because, yeah, especially if you want to start doing those long form content things, is because yeah. YouTube is like, like Instagram is trying to be like compete with TikTok, and TikTok's so like TikTok, you know, like you have to yeah. post 
what you like you were saying you have to do like if you find one thing stick with that one thing but youtube yeah. like you can post a little teaser of a long form video and it will blow up and then your long form yeah. video will blow up so yeah. i like an hour and a half yeah i i, I just threw out the day because i still have one semester so once school starts it'll probably be a little less i'll probably post mm-hmm. i usually post like five shorts a day um so I'll probably, and I usually do like three episodes a week. Um, mm. So I try to do. And so I'll probably bring that back to one to two episodes a week and then five to six shorts, a, and probably 10 shorts a week, you know, two a day, three a day, just because it's, yeah. so, people don't realize, like, I mean, you 100% realize because you also create content and, and you create content for, you know, for a lot of people. So it's, you totally understand, like, it's trying to create the perfect video for people it's a hard thing to do and you and sometimes like for me at least like i can't because it's it's podcast content and i can't gauge one what the algorithm will like versus what the the people will like because i feel like you need both of them to go off for it because if if it's a video that people are going to like but the algorithm doesn't like it you'll get i don't know 15 likes with five thousand views and it's like but yeah. flip flopped, you could get a hundred thousand or twenty thousand views and get no likes because no one likes yeah. and everyone's just like disliking it, especially on YouTube. So it's like to find that balance, it's it takes time and to use the use the in app features, it, it takes a lot of time. Yeah, no, it's crazy because I TikTok I had I got three hundred seventy five thousand uh, or like it was like three hundred thousand followers um, before my Instagram even got any followers like. And I was posting the same stuff on Instagram um, for a while. So I was at 15,000 followers for the last four years. Um, it's just stuck around there. And TikTok started blowing up. So I'm like, all right, TikTok's kind of my platform. But, you know, I still posted it on Instagram. And then one video, all it took was uh, 7 million views. And then I, was get, I got 20,000 followers, 40, 100. I'm like, what's going on? Like, finally, some traction. So it's kind of just finding you got to post it on everything. Um, I mean, it, I even got to post them on Twitter, uh, Facebook and, and now YouTube shorts and it'll hit some people and some people it doesn't. And it, the algorithms are all just different, different mm-hmm. times of the day. There's just so many different kinds of things. And I, I try not to think about it too much. I will try to post at around 9am every morning. So people know like, all right, 9am, the video might be up. Um, but sometimes I'll post at night and it doesn't get as many views or, you know, so uh, I try not to stress out too much about it and I just try to post, you know, it'll hit some people different times. Some videos will be funny to some people, some won't, some people were late, whatever, you know? So uh, once you don't stretch yourself out on that stuff, you just post, it makes life a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. To go off of that, man, just like, what is like the biggest lesson you've learned since starting like all creating all this content? Uh, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, I've been doing dog talk for three years um, and kind of figuring out wh- what social media platform is trying to do during that time. Like, so like right now um, they're really pushing reels. They're doing bonus reels. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of that, um, but they're paying content creators up to $35,000 within a month, depending on how many views you get. Um, but you don't get the invite uh, right away. They're rolling it out to, people in the United States slowly, like my brother got it. Um, but I haven't got it yet. Um, so it's just figuring out what's popular on each, each social media platform. So, you know, obviously Instagram is, um, 
pushing reels. They want people to do reels more. I don't really post pictures that much because Instagram doesn't care about pictures anymore because um, they're trying to compete with TikTok. It's all money thing. So um, the more reels you post, um, um, the better off you're, you're at with that. Um, and yeah, yeah, mostly just it doesn't happen overnight. So um, you can't get discouraged if a video doesn't do well or a picture. You just got to keep posting. And what I've learned too is like I've, I follow these accounts that have 10 million followers and you kind of figure out why. Um, they're posting like seven times a day, which is, you know, ridiculous. It's easier with memes, you know, like posting that kind of stuff. But for, you know, me and Doc Talk, I can't just post seven Doc Talks in a day unless I, unless I knocked out a thousand Doc Talks in a day, then I could. But, um, posting as much as you can um is kind of key because i used to always think like man like people are getting sick of me like i can't post that much but i follow these accounts that have 10 million followers and i'm not unfollowing them i still look look at their stuff like their stuff and share it um so i try to think of how i feel when i see something and use that for like my followers mm-hmm. um you know if i'm like oh man i love this stuff and I'm still sharing it. Like, I bet you if I'm still creating this content, people are still liking it and still sharing it. It's not, don't mess with your head too much. Don't think you're doing too much or too little. Just posts and posts. That's what social media is for. People are on social media to look at stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my, what I've learned. Yeah, dude, I 100% I resonated with what you said. Like, I feel like people get sick of me. Um, yeah. you know, it's crazy though. Like before I started getting like, like, like a good amount of views, especially on my YouTube. Yeah. I would post on my Instagram, just like a bunch of like, I, I started with my like reels, like pretty early when we, they first got them just because I was already doing like little motivational things that I would say on my TikTok. That's kind of how I started. Yeah. So I would start uh-huh. to show just kind of for me. And then I was like saying some motivational things or my guests would. And so I started posting that stuff and it was doing deep yeah. it would do decent on TikTok. So I was like, all right, I'll post it on Instagram. And I would post and like people, like people who I were friends with in high school would like unfollow me. And then I would like, they would like hit me up and I'm like, bro, why, why'd you like unfollow me? And they'd be like, oh, you post too much content. And then the same people, once I started getting more views would hit me yeah. up like, oh, look at you. Like you're getting all these views. And it's like, bro, you're a loser. First off. Yeah. No, hundred percent. There's been people who have hit me up who I've never even talked to, you know, um, saying stuff. And I'm just like, man, I haven't heard from you for like, for like five years. Yeah. Uh, like my friend, uh, Cassie, uh, from, she won the bachelor. I don't know if you ever watched the bachelor. Uh, I have, I like, I know what the bachelor is, but I know like, I've never watched it. I was, I was like, kind of like, you know, I was like best friends with her in high school and then kind of veered away from her during college, but she won the bachelor and, um, you know, I didn't really hear from her that much, but I, I, I was that guy that like hit her up after. And that's probably why she doesn't really connect with me anymore. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's tough, you know, even for me, I, I, I'd hit her up cause you know, she won the bachelor. She got, she went from 3000 followers to 1.5 million with a blue check mark. Like she's kind of like a big deal now, but, um, yeah, people will, people will kind of come back into your life once they see you're being successful. So um, you kind of figure out who your real friends are. Yeah, definitely. And especially I feel like for something like, like that's so like, 
like you're doing all this stuff, you know, I feel like people will want to like just suck that energy from you. Cause I feel like a lot of it isn't just the fact that they're greedy, like pieces of shit, but it's also the fact yeah. that they like, they want some of that energy, you know, they think they deserve it. Like we were talking about earlier. It's such, it's the cloud. They want the cloud. They yeah. want it so bad. And you're just like, dude, like, dude, like you have, like you if you have talent, like do something like you, everyone has something creative they can do. Don't just like suck other people's like life, you know? Yeah. Even my brother that's on doc talk with me. Um, he's kind of like one of my permanent hosts. He, he didn't really follow me uh, in my doc talk uh, from the beginning. Like once I got him on the show, he, then he was more invested. Um, but I mean, it's my brother. That's just the way he is. Um, but he didn't really know much about doc talk. I've been doing it for three years and he just, every time I would post it, he, he kind of just be like, yeah, like just Logan, just trying to, you know, but once I started getting a bunch of views and likes, he's, he's into it way more than I am. He calls me every day. Like, dude, this one's, this one's doing well. Like he's just all about it now. So, you know, they'll try to suck that, that energy from you. Cause you know, it's, it's that clout. <laughs> yeah. Do you know anything about the metaverse? Um, a little bit. I have like an NFT, um, that I bought. Um, but I'm not really into it that much. Um, yet at least. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, I think I, I should because uh, there might be a lot of money there. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, I, uh, you know, you went to you went to a D three school. I'm broke. I'm broke as shit. But yeah. here's, here's my thing. I make a little bit of money. So here's my thing. Yeah. I want to put all my money into one of them. Because here's the thing: you can't put your money in. Oh, you can if you want to like make like a steady amount. You can put your money into the Facebook's metaverse because that will yeah. be decent because it's Facebook. But what you want to do, I think, is put all your money into a into a metaverse that you've done research on that you think is going to blow up because there's going to be bunches of metaverses that everyone's going to use. Yeah. And, it, and if you guess right, dude, you'll be a billionaire. Cause that's my yeah. thing. It's like, these are like people like they make comparisons about people joking about the internet in the nineties. People are joking about the metaverse. Now it's like, dude, think about like, did you play Fortnite? Oh yeah. I played, yeah. I played it two nights ago. <laughs> Me too, dude. But here's the thing. <laughs> they put tilted back. I was back on it, but here's the thing. Oh, yeah, that's why. Yeah. I was talking to another TikTok content creator a couple of days ago. He like, he makes like a, doesn't matter. He's like, an, he makes like this announcing content, like with the, the uh, NFL, NBA, like uh, things, you know, okay. with the filter. But we were talking about Fortnite and I was like, think about this with the metaverse is like everybody already in ultimate team on like Madden and, and, and uh, um, FIFA and all those games and, and 2k people already spent all this money on skins yeah. and, and mutt teams and everything like that. And now all the difference is, they're going to put glasses on instead of holding a controller or they're going to be, instead of holding a phone, they're going to put glasses on. That's the only difference. People already live online. You don't realize that yeah. doing when you've been doing all these things, you've been feeding the algorithm into a digital version of yourself. So all the metaverse is, is you becoming like you seeing into that world. That's literally the yeah. only difference. And so I think like 100% you for sure, like look into the metaverses and stuff like that yeah. because it's 100% the future yeah like there's some cool ass things you can do with it and and i think what people don't realize is like oh they think we're gonna put a chip in our brain and we're gonna be like merged and that probably yeah. will happen and within our <laughs> yeah. lifetime but i think for the first few years it's literally gonna be like the, everyone most people are gonna have the oculus rifts or like glasses yeah. that basically just show like text message like 
it'll be like text messages right here. And then you're like, Oh, reply like this. It's going to be like, or like, you'll be able to sit in, instead of us doing this, you'll be able to sit in front of someone with their little character. Yeah. Yep. And it's freaky, but it's yeah. going to make a lot of money. That's the only difference. Yeah. No, like my brother, uh, he, anytime we talk about the metaverse and our family thread, he will shame anyone that talks about it or like make fun of it. But it's like, yeah, it's, it's crazy, honestly. But you know, there's a lot of money right there. So I don't know who the dumb one is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, like you said, people made fun of the internet in the nineties or whatever, but it's the future. So we'll see. You yeah. know, I but, think that the future 100%, like, cause I feel like for a lot of people, they're going to be like, all right, as soon as like, the metaverse has become like like a big deal. There could be half the population, especially like uh, like my dad's generation. They're gonna be like, yeah, I'm not never touching that shit. I'm just gonna live reality. And then there's yeah. gonna be like the kids and everything. They're gonna be like, anybody who's like 16 and younger right now is gonna immediately join. You know? Yeah. So I think for like at least for our lives, there's still gonna be that split between people wanting to like exist only in reality versus like all online and kind of a mix between that. But I think by like the time when we have kids, but by the time our kids are grandparents, everybody will have some form of like interconnected reality with AI. You know what I mean? I think we're yeah. almost there. It's just like our lifetime. It doesn't seem like maybe by the time we're like in our eighties, if we live that long, yeah, we might like, uh, there might be like a very, very indistinguishable, but like, I think by the time we're dead for sure, people are going to be like, there's going to be no difference. Like everything's yeah. going to kind of live together. Robots going to drive Tesla cars. Elon Musk is somehow still going to be alive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, man, uh, this was a lot of fun, dude. Um, thanks yeah. for coming on again. Do you have any final thoughts you want to give to my listeners and me? Uh, no, I just hope, uh, you know, some of this information will be useful if you're trying to create content and have, take some of the tips. So, no, it definitely will, man. And you're a fascinating dude. I can't wait Thank to see you. like all the dope shit you're gonna continue to do. And I can't wait to see what you do with those um that those uh those trip stuff. Cause I think, yeah, like, man. I, think you, I think you can do a lot of dope shit with that, man. Yeah, it's gonna be a sweet little avenue I'm gonna take. So I'm I'm excited to see what the future holds. Yeah, man. Well again, it was good to meet you. Thanks for doing this, and I'll let you know yeah. when, whenever I'm out. Sweet. All right, Colin. Nice meeting you. Episode number ninety-two with Logan Lyle. Uh, if you want to check them out, it's Logan Lyle on TikTok and Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe to me at Colin Demands Answers on all streaming platforms. Full audio on all streaming platforms. Wow. Full video is on YouTube along with shorts on YouTube, reels on Instagram, and TikToks on TikTok. Um, if you guys want to follow me on my social media, it is Colin Demands or Colin Weirs on all of them. Stay up to date with me on Twitter and TikTok. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, stay fucking demanding. <laughs>